Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is Ngok. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. Podcast, a show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. All right, don't get me wrong, I love baked goods as much as the next guy, but if you happen to see this dude's buns on Instagram, you'll never be the same. To say nothing of his buttery shoulders. It's Matt Jennings! Yay! Matt Jennings! <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I am. I am lovely, and that introduction is probably one of the best. Was it? Okay, I was oh, going to say, was, was that too much? <laughs> it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was. Did I, I love. Did that. I make things weird between us? <laughs> no, no. If if you haven't seen me naked, then 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 what then what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> How are you living your life? <laughs> I it, listen. I am secure enough. To look at a dude and be like, hey, you know what? He's put the time in. He's taking care of himself. He's he's doing the work. He looks good. You know, it's gosh I'm, darn. I'm not in the I'm not in the same space that you are. Like I've earned every inch and every delicious inch. And <laughs> I, he, I appreciate the love. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh gosh, <laughs> it is it is so so good to see you. Um, you recently wrapped. Uh, a show out there in California. How did uh, give it, give us the the breakdown? Like, how did it go? Um, any any funny anecdotes or anything? You know, any sort of behind the scenes uh, scoops or anything like that uh, worth yeah. sharing on the mic? Yes. So, um, I was in a a play that went from um, October to the end of November, pretty much. It was called Man's Favor Devil's Plan, um, and it was put on by this all black theater company called the Roby theater. They're based in, uh, in Los Angeles, California. Mm -hmm. If you are in Los Angeles, California, please go out and support, support theaters run by people of color, queer theaters, but also support this theater company. They do great work. It's, um, it's headed by, uh, Ben Guillory and Danny Glover. Uh, both actors were in the color purple among other things, but you know, they've been, uh, they've been developing this theater company for 20 plus years and they do some great work. Uh, Man's Favorite Devil's Plan was uh, about this hotel in Los Angeles in 1938. And it's about the, the black service workers that work in this hotel and how they're working under the thumb of um, the owner of this hotel, this, uh, the white owner of this, of this hotel. And everyone's got, everyone's got a secret. Everyone has something that they are dealing with. And one of the major themes and uh, lines more or less that gets repeated in the show is nothing is free. You make a deal with the devil, uh -huh. something is always going to come back. Nothing is ever just a favor. Hence nice. the title, Man's Favor, Devil's Plan. Um, God, I, love it is, I love that already. <laughs> it, That's so great. You know, 
Yeah, it was written by uh, Quick Jones, who is brilliant. Um, he's this brilliant way with, with language and those lines where it was like poetry. It was like poetry. And I'm, you know, telling you probably by the second or third rehearsal, you know, maybe, you know, you weren't off book, but there was a rhythm that you were kind of getting into with saying the words. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Julian C. White, uh, by Julian White, C. Julian White, um, who, you know, I think really challenged me as, as an actor when it came to making new choices and keeping the work fresh. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Day after day, rehearsal after rehearsal, uh, run after show after run of the show, um, keeping the work fresh and not getting comfortable with making the same choices. For, you know, someone like me personally, who uh, has to have everything planned out in his life, and I'm totally working on that because <laughs> it is, it's important to live in the moment and not to time travel and be in the future and in the past. For sure. um, so for someone like like me to to get that kind of direction um, day after day, it was scary at first, you know, yeah. because, yeah. you know, Matt is so used to having everything planned out, but the reality is that life is no matter how much you plan life does things. Um, Boy, ain't and, that the truth, <laughs> you know, things can happen and catch you by surprise, whether it's good or bad. Uh, and that's, what's happening with these characters. So you can't play it rehearsed. You have to come at it new every day. And so that was a great workout for me. I feel like it was some of the best work that I ever did. And I would love to do it again. Oh, I would love to do so again. Awesome. My, the cast was amazing. The cast was amazing. Um, my one of my scene partners, Nick Few, um, he teaches acting at Pepperdine University. He came at it with some amazing, uh, just some amazing power. And I remember when I was working with him and rehearsing with him, I was a little intimidated at first uh, because he just he brought so much. And I remember saying to to myself he's bringing so much and bringing so much viewpoint from this character to the work. I've got to do the same thing and I've got to, to meet him where he is. So those mm. scenes really pop. And, you know, I think we were very successful with, uh, with making that happen. Yeah. So, um, and you know, the rest, the cast, the same thing. I was just blessed. And like I said, I would do it again in a heartbeat in a heartbeat. I, that's so, so great. I I want to, I want to go back to something you mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, there at the top of your description of this whole of this whole production, the idea of everybody having a secret. And when I talked with Bonnie Gordon from uh, from Star Trek Prodigy about her experiences at the D and D table, one of the things that she does in crafting a character for D and D, and one of the things that I do, uh, and this is where we kind of bonded on the D and D stuff. Uh, in terms of creating characters, and it sounds like you may have had a similar experience on this production, is giving your character a secret. Oh, yeah. Like, now, I mean, it sounds like that was kind of uh, part of the script. But yes. do you, yes. like, how important is that for something like this on stage in front of a crowd where, I mean, you know, we're not, it's not a series. We're not seeing you every week for, you know, 10, 12 weeks or any, it's, it is right. this one, you, you get this one shot yes, in front yes. of, in front of this audience. Like how, how important is that to have that secret in the back of your head? Uh, you know, even if it's something that's not written on the page, like, is that something that you bring? Is that something from the writers? Is that something from the director? Is that a collaborate, a collaborative effort or, can you talk a little bit about that in terms of building the character, even when it's 
on the page, but you're embodying that character. Can you talk a little bit about that and the use of that secret in your performance? I think when it's when it's really working, I think it can be a collaboration between everybody that's in the process, like with your scene partner, you know, about about that scene, or mm -hmm, if it's, mm -hmm. you know, when the director um, is giving you direction regarding how to play a certain scene or what's, you know, or asking you about what's going on between the scene. If you have that dialogue with the director about, you know, so what do you think is happening here? What do you think that the character is, you know, is going through right now mentally? What's the subtext, obviously? Um, you know, and so I think all of those things, all those things come into play. Um, and so I think even more so when you are conveying the, the text, when you're telling the story, uh, you know, point of view for the character is, mm -hmm. you know, is obviously very important. And it's like the stronger that your point of view is, I think the better that story is going to get conveyed, the more it's going to come across. And I think the more invested the audience is going to be in the story. So having a secret is going to give is going to give you, you know, you, you as the actor, it's going to give you some extra oomph, uh, you know, in telling your story. And so I think it's, I think it's so essential. And, you know, even when you have the secret with your scene partner, if you as the actor and as the character still have that secret that you don't share with everyone else, mm -hmm. that's still fine too. Cause that's going to help, that's going to help the performance and it's still going to help your scene partner. And it's going to give them something interesting to play off of because they don't know what's, what's coming at them. Um, so that, you know, it was, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's important. I think it's important to, to have that. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, we talked a, a little bit before we started rolling about different directors in film, um, you know, their strengths really coming to the surface of, of whatever production they're involved in and looking at different things like this, where, uh, you know, playing to the strengths we talked about some of the um some of the star trek actors who have gone on to direct and become really fantastic directors off the top oh, of my yeah. head of course jonathan frakes uh robbie mcneil uh yeah. lavar burton roxanne dawson there's a there's more but like those just off the top of my head and like seeing some of those players working well with those actors knowing that they kind of they don't get to pick and choose the script. They become journeyman directors like any of the rest of, you know, television directors. So them bringing that skill of working with an actor and being an actor to those pieces ends up making those episodes more often than not, like, like highlight episodes of like, Oh, you, you got to watch this one. This one's really, really good for, you know, for whatever reason. And of course we, you mentioned, uh, love for frakes like who doesn't love two takes frakes um, yeah <laughs> and i uh i obviously um i've i've championed her uh quite a few times roxanne dawson i love yeah. her episodes of enterprise they all kind of watch like horror movies if you're trying to introduce somebody to star trek you know take that approach and you know show show them you know those particular episodes but uh you know getting into discovery here you know, and talking about having secrets, there's a lot of these characters that we've been watching over the past few weeks that have some pretty high level, oh, uh, yeah. very volatile secrets. Uh, every, you know, Burnham's got secrets of, you know, everything from like, she's never been in love to things about her past that we haven't even gotten to yet. Things that she yeah. doesn't even know. 
Uh, yeah. You know, Tyler and his, I mean, God, his talk about his, a secret. Yeah. I was going to say like his whole existence <laughs> is one big secret. Oh, uh, you know, it's uh, Lorca, Giorgio, Saru, like yes. you can run down the list. They've all got these Detmer who at this point is not super prevalent in the narrative. But as we go down the line, we see, Oh, she's got some trauma. Like she's, yeah. an, she's an amazing pilot, but she's suffering for, from some PTSD. You know, that's yes. something that, that's something that we as the audience were not privy to, but yeah. it informs her character down the line. And then on a rewatch, you kind of see like, Oh, there was this stuff all along, like peppered throughout that we, that we weren't quite aware of. Um, before we kind of get into this episode, I know that, um, as we are recording today, I think like a day or two ago, the, you know, big yeah. news that broke was yep. that discovery after it's a wrap after season five. Um, yeah. first Oof. of all, I wasn't really super surprised about this. Uh, it seemed kind of like, you know, just to kind of paraphrase, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to make sure I'm in, a, I'm as accurate as possible. Apparently yeah. the, the CFO told group of investors that, um, you know, that that Discovery wasn't going to be coming back after the fifth season. And it was kind of in an effort to spend less money on certain projects as they are moving into a more um, into more Showtime original type things, you know, Paramount owning Showtime and yeah. this, that and the other thing. But again, I wasn't really surprised by this because you've got two big, two big Star Trek properties uh, of new Trek that are ending pretty soon pretty we, soon but we've all known that picard was only going to be 3 seasons yeah picard was going to be 3 seasons we knew and with the ending of season 4 of discovery i felt like to, i was to be honest i was like you know what they could call it quits right there that was actually a really great ending to season yeah. 4 they could they could you know they could full stop there and, and i'd be okay but we're going to get one more season which hey who doesn't love more time with these characters yeah but I, I didn't feel like it. this was a big secret that Paramount was keeping. I, how did you feel about the news of this whole thing and where it's um, going from here? I, oh gosh, I, I feel a lot of different things. If I'm very honest, I, I will say that, you know, I think that season four is to me when Star Trek discovery was really starting to get its footing. Mm. It felt the most, the most Star Trek to me and not in terms of, um, not in terms of a formula, but in terms of some of the, the things that, in my opinion, make Star Trek Star Trek. Now, the themes about with season four, you know, do we go out in force against this unknown entity or do we try to communicate with it first? Right, right. You know, I think that was a that was a big deal. Um, I think that, you know, we, we really started to see the crew kind of come together. Mm, uh, mm -hmm. there's a great episode with, um, with, with captain, you know, with captain Burnham and. Oh, I mean, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a great episode between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we start to see the crew in my opinion, season four is where the crew really started to become a crew. Mm. Um, we start to see, you know, captain Burnham kind of learn the, the, the woes of of being in command and the hard choices that you have to make uh -huh. and so you know overall it was 
it was hard news to, to kind of take. You know, I, I will say this. Um, being a person of color, mm-hmm. being queer, mm-hmm. um, seeing a show like Discovery get canceled right when it's starting to get its footing, it did hit me. It hit me a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, on a different level, you know, I'm a black male, but you have Sinequa Martin-Green, who is a, a black woman who is the lead character. Yeah. And, you know, who is not only the lead character of of this series, but if you really think about it, in some ways, along with the rest of the crew, bringing Star Trek back to television was all on her shoulders. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... And the pressure that comes with not only being uh, a woman of color in a leadership position, that's already hard enough. When I think about people of women of color in leadership positions, I think about my mom, you know, my mom who was a youth pastor for years, but she's still, you know, a woman of color in a leadership position. And there's pressure there. I think about my family. I've got a cousin that two cousins that are working on their own businesses women of color in leadership positions. I've got a best friend that is a manager um, with a project in LA and she's got pressure, a woman of color in a leadership position. And there's this unspoken pressure to get it quote unquote right. And so, you know, I, when I hear about things like the show getting canceled, when I think about people and different fans saying certain things about women of color and people of color in these TV shows, I just think about the pressure. Um, I think about the pressure that that women of color take on. And so, you know, I want to give all of my love to Sonequa. I want to give all of my love to the cast for for taking that, taking on that mantle and bringing Star Trek back to TV. Because like, again, I look at them, I look at my mom, and I look at my my family that that has to, you know, that that takes on that pressure. You know, I, you know, and again, for, you know, my queer community as well, you know, that was also some great representation there. So, Mm. you know, I say all that to say, I hope that the decision to, to, to end the show comes from an honest place. Um, I hope it's coming from an honest place. It's just, it's, there's, especially with the way that a lot of minority groups are under attack right now. Mm. Um, hearing news like this, it, it, it does hurt a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to be honest about that. It does hurt. And yeah. it, yeah. it makes you raise some eyebrows sometimes. Now, again, you know, um, if it's coming from an honest place and if there's a, a justifiable reason to, to end the show where it is okay, but right now that's how I'm feeling about it. If I'm being very honest. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I was looking at this very much from a production point of view. Right. The, the fact yeah. that the fact that the CFO made this announcement was just kind of like, okay, well, it's kind of a yeah, no, yeah, no duh. Like you've got two major. It's again because of the way season four ended. I was just kind of like, okay, they probably got they're probably going to wrap this up pretty soon because that was such yeah. a great. You know, season one to see to the end of season four is such a great journey Arc. of discovery. Yeah. Like the whole, and I, I mentioned this a couple of episodes back of like, you know, okay, yeah, the ship is named Discovery, but this whole series has been a journey of discovery for these characters. Yeah, it's been an internal, an internal yeah. journey. 
Yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel like, okay, that's a really great arc season one through season four. Okay. We're going to get season five. And, and, and like I said, you know, Picard, we, we knew was going to end after season three. So yeah. again, you know, again, from the CFO's point of view, it's just kind of like, Hey, we're going to be saving some money and stuff. I was like, yeah. Cause we know you've got t- two big series that are ending. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, that's why I love talking with different people about this stuff is the difference of uh, the point of view. Yeah, um, yeah. And part of that is making me even, you know, even just just now hearing you talk about how important these characters are is making me look at the bigger picture a little bit differently. I hope I really, really hope that based on the journey season one to season four okay we've got this last thing season five my hope and my looking at a silver lining if there's any to if there's any to be found i think yeah because paramount cbs yeah this was a this was a huge undertaking it was a yeah. it was really it was, big to bring star trek back to the it was a bold star move. trek yes very it was a very bold, bold move especially you know after you know, after Star Trek Beyond came out, I mean, which in my opinion was the best of the Kelvin movies. It really um, is. It's really and, good. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, it quote unquote underperformed, but to me, it was still the best one. And right. so after knowing that that movie quote unquote underperformed and you're going to take on bringing yeah. it back to TV, that's it's the stakes are high there. It was just kind of, it, to be honest, like not that I need to stick up for Paramount or anything, but like bringing back Star Trek is a monumental feat. And like you said, the pressure to quote unquote, get it right. And, you know, it would have been really easy for them to play it safe. Oh, again, quote unquote, play it safe with casting, with directing, with writing, all of that stuff. But they doubled down. They doubled down in each one of those areas. Um, And, they set the stage for Star Trek right now to be the most diverse that it's ever been. Oh, yeah. which is, which is amazing. So knowing that my hope for post season five is that they double down again and say, get ready. Here comes the discovery movie. And like, that's I, my I, thought too, is I, you know, that would be, that would be my hope. I, um, yeah. I, I hope, you know, as well that, you know, the creatives working behind the scenes. I hope that they had information about this beforehand, you know, about the show getting canceled. Sometimes, unfortunately, with situations like this, we, you know, the, the people working behind the scenes don't know until it gets released publicly. Right. Uh, which is, yeah, you which- know. Not the way you want to find out. It's not the way you want to find out. It's not. <laughs> you can ask Connor Trenier and Dominic Keating about how that goes. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's, it's not the most, it's not the most professional way to find out either. Mm. You know, unfortunately mm. it's something that keeps happening, but I think at this point, if it's something that keeps happening with franchise after franchise, actor after actor, I mean, Avery Brooks had a story about um, his show getting canceled um oh my god what was the name of that show that he was in he was the lead oh um um, um oh crap was it um it, was it spencer for how was that in yes, the name of his that's it yep. show, spencer yeah for Hire? spencer yeah um and you know he found out about his show getting canceled when he read it in the papers 
Um, and so, you know, it's like with, with things like that, it's like it happens enough and it's happened enough that we've got to find a better way to let people know that, you know, the work that they've put in is, is unfortunately coming to an end, you know, with the crew that's working behind the scenes, you yeah. know, you have people that are uprooting their lives, putting their lives on hold. And so my hope is that, you know, the, the creatives, actors, crew, everybody working on it, I hope that they knew as well, um, yeah. because it's just it's it's more than a courtesy to 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 inform somebody before it goes public. It's um, it's humane and it's professional. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, again, I, th I think the reoccurring theme throughout this episode of the podcast is going to be the idea of secrets. You know, I, mm, in terms mm. of in terms of production, there's no need to keep this type of stuff a secret from your cast, from your crew. Right. Like yeah. when you just finished saying like, there's people that uproot their lives to be able to work on these different productions. Like, can you, yeah. can you, can you please have a little bit of courtesy to say, Hey, look, just to let you know. Yeah. This the, is where the decision has come down that this is down. You, Right. And we want to be up yeah. front. And say, I don't know why there's that, that fear of giving out the information. Like, look, it probably, it's probably coming from a place of like, Hey, look, I know this means you're fired. Guess what? I'm fired too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, sorry. Yes. I, I'm sorry. And That's I'm sorry true. for you. Yeah. Like, sorry, you know, uh, you know, we'll write your references or whatever as I'm, you know, bringing my blue collar experience in, I mean, but, but like, uh, you know, yeah. I, uh, I don't yeah. know why, I don't know why there's that. Oh, I don't want to say, well, I mean, and I'm sure you've dealt with this in the audition process of like, Hey, just tell me, don't leave me hanging. Like if, right. if you're going with someone else, fine, but just say, but, Hey, look, you know, we're going with somebody else. Sorry. And that's the thing, you know, that's the thing, you know, is in, in the audition process, you, you audition for something. And if you didn't get it, you never, you never hear back. And that's just, un unfortunately, that's another part of the, the business that, you know, I, I think as things start to change in Hollywood, little by little about what's okay and what's not okay. I hope that more and more of those things that are not appropriate um, that people say you're just a part of the business. I hope that those things start to change. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, if you've been thinking about, you know, if you even think about it, when you apply for a job in an interview, you know, if you didn't get the job, they let you, you know, they, they, let, they let you know, they say, Hey, you know, unfortunately we're going in a different direction. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I know that, you know, there's also the argument that, you know, well, production things move so fast and so on. And it's like, yes, I get that, but sure. I don't, there's a look you've, you, you, yeah. It's like, I've put in a lot of time, a lot of effort to come do this reading or, you know, screen test or whatever it is. And I know you've got my contact info, my contact information. I don't care if it's a mass email to all the people who didn't make it just to say, Hey, look, if you're receiving this email, thank you. But we're going in a different direction. Just and that's all you so got to do. That's all. That's, that's all, all you have need. to do. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it that's anymore. Do. I don't have to try to schedule around being available or anything like that. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to cultivate a lot of different things. A lot of irons in the fire. You know, the people who yeah. are the most successful are the ones who are burning the candle at both ends and the at middle most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just a word about something would be great. Okay. We've, you know, we've kind of gone off a little we, bit yeah, here. <laughs> we have, sorry. sorry. So, <laughs> um, 
it's can you can you tell that we might be some people who've been hurt before (laughs) (laughs) this is also a therapy session i don't know if anybody knew very much very much therapy we're talking trauma exactly and look you know speaking it as part of dealing with it and you know you guys just happen to tune in so thanks (laughs) um okay so let's get back to let's get back into discovery uh because of the nature of everything that's kind of gone on before here we are Mm -hmm. kind of at a crucial moment with discovery the the ship and the crew kind of dealing with the the outcome of the mirror universe and the terran empire uh and at at this point in the timeline our first glimpse of the terran empire um and seeing just how dark this version of the terran empire really is did you have any thoughts upon the rewatch of like what's happening with these characters any sort of sort of surface level before we you know dive into the deep stuff um i think it was it's very interesting to see uh the captain lorca of this universe um be i mean he's not a freedom fighter he's yeah he's a i mean it's it's you know what it is it's his point of view and that's a testament to to the yeah. actor's performance, yeah. just having a strong point of view mm-hmm. that, in some way, you you're kind of rooting for him because of of his passion and right. his <laughs> you know oomph for. Um, so I it was very interesting to see to see what this this Lorca has been going through, this life that's, that that Lorca has been going through, get realized in this episode. Um, I think. Did, mm, did Hannah Lacole Pepper direct this? Was this the one that she directed? Uh, I, I know that she directed. I, I think she, she did last week. Uh, no, this was... uh, this one was uh, Olatunde Osansan. Oh, okay. Okay. The director. Right. But I think last okay. week's episode was, that was hers. Hannah Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, that was, that was interesting to see. I think there are there are some elements here in this episode of a little bit of Die Hard. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> if you think <laughs> about it, yeah, you know, because we've got Burnham in the Jeffries too. Yeah, you know, doing behind. Join the Starfleet. We'll get together and have a few laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> like there's okay, there's Michael Burnham as Bruce Willis uh, in the Turbo Lift. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay okay so so who's so who's the alan rickman is it is it gonna is it Giorgio or is it Giorgio or uh or lorca who's i think it's lorca i now have a phaser <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so now the question is is this episode a christmas episode oh <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so many things coming to light. So yeah. many things coming to light. But, oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Like it's kind of fun to see because the odds are stacked against her. Like oh, much yeah. much like John McClain, she's somewhere where she probably wouldn't be otherwise. She wouldn't be in the mirror universe, certainly no. wouldn't be in the Terran Empire, definitely wouldn't be on the Emperor's ship. Oh no. 
but here she is and we're just trying to we're just trying to get get everything together so that she can make it back home oh my god this is exactly like die hard it's (laughs) (laughs) wow oh this is fun there's a little bit of that element i mean and then you've got um i mean i remember oh god where was this maybe it was in the special features um that Jason Isaacs was talking about that speech that Lorca has while Burnham is walking throughout the ship and crawling through the turbo lift. Uh, okay. He, maybe he said that he was working with the writers on that speech a little bit. Um, especially, you know, during the, the Trump era, there's a line about making the empire great again oh, that they put yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was, that was a very interesting, uh, timely choice, still timely um yeah um yeah. <laughs> um to make um yeah also I, re- I remember just the one really cool thing is like if there's never been a more handy time to use emergency transport in that yeah. scene yeah, <laughs> for sure <laughs> i remember just watching you know you know emperor georgia was like emergency transport she just beams out while all these phases are being pointed at i was like that's really cool i never thought of it being used that way really solid. um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> God, like I—I I mean, we're we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but just how how amazing is Michelle Yeoh? Like, I mean, like as 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 if more accolades and uh, love needs to be showered on on Michelle Yeoh, but she's so freaking good in this. She is <laughs> she's so del- delicious. She is delicious to watch, and I yeah. mean the, and obviously she, Michelle Yeoh has insane range to go from. You know, Captain Giorgio, uh, Captain Giorgio, um, to Emperor Giorgio, uh, and I mean, it's just, and then to watch that Emperor's journey from season what season one, season two to season, uh, to season no three, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, yeah, to see the arc that that character has, I just, and she's always been the hero in in movies for the most she's i don't think she's ever really been in the villain we get a taste of it in um uh crazy rich asians i think oh, we okay. get a little taste of of her being a more hardened uh you know uh, character mm-hmm. we get a little bit of that in crazy rich asians but we see more of it in in star trek discovery and i just remember thinking i didn't know she could do that yeah. Oh my god it's here's here's the thing as, as many as the, you know listeners if you're if you if you if you think you know a lot about michelle yo go ahead and try to try to rattle off as many of her projects as you can mm-hmm. great now go like have that number in your head now go pull up her imdb mm-hmm and look at the number and then start going down the list you will be surprised at the length of the career and the breadth of diversity of characters that she has played i mean if you just if even if you only look at like okay the james bond stuff crazy rich asians star trek and uh she had the role in uh shang chi like if you look at all of those and hell i didn't even mention crouching tiger hidden dragon like crouching tiger hidden dragon just go look at how many awards it won yeah if you if you you want a shocking number like i mean her career is just mind-blowing the fact that you know it's everything's kind of coming to a head here with 
uh, everything everywhere, all everything at once, everywhere, all at once, uh, which I finally watched uh, a few weeks ago. And Ooh, yeah, I get oh it. Oh my <laughs> God. And I'm telling you so that good. movie, I, a little bit of a spoiler. I didn't know I could cry over rocks and I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I, I want Michelle Yeoh to, I pray to God that she wins the Oscar. I'm rooting mm. for her to win the Oscar. The, the the cast the crew everybody that worked on that beautiful work um yeah, yeah you know i i also have to say you know for michelle yo i think she was she was inter- getting interviewed getting interviewed about the movie and about doing that that piece and she was saying you know this is finally a project where i felt like someone saw me and i had the opportunity to really show more of what i could do and she said i hope that i'm saying this correctly but i think she said that she thought that by now that opportunity was over um wow and for her to you know for her to have that opportunity now and for her to have that now i just i am over the moon for her i'm over the moon for her her fellow castmate um oh my god what's his name oh my god short short round um freaking uh ah And, and yeah, um, I know listeners are probably yelling at us right now. I know, <laughs> but you know, he had a similar story as well. And it's just, it is a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful hey, thing to see. Hey, that. Hugh Kwan. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he gave a speech at, uh, was it the Screen Actors Guild or Golden Globes? I think maybe it was at the Green actors. It could have been no. It was at the Golden Globes. I think Golden Globes. I think okay. that's the first one that he won, right? I um, think this, so. I yeah, think so for, this, for this round. Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and him him saying the same. He was like, you know, thank you know, thank because he did Goonies. He did um, Indiana Indiana Jones. Jones yeah. And uh, after that, it was kind of that was it for a, a while. A bit of a dry spell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here he came back and it was just kind of like he hadn't missed a beat. Just like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and just killed it. Killed it. Beautiful work. But yeah, you know, back, back to Michelle Yeoh, um, her range is, it's it's insane. And she gets to show some of that in, in Discovery. And it's just, it's always been very beautiful work to see. Yeah. It's been very beautiful work. And not to, and this is not meant to slight any of the amazing actors that are throughout discovery jason isaacs uh you oh, know yeah Sonequa martin green we've already given given her a lot of love doug yeah. freaking jones like uh like <laughs> i mean the list goes on <laughs> anthony rap anthony rap like Ant- it's 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 one amazing name it's like okay it couldn't get any better and then you list somebody else and you're like oh yeah yeah them too <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going and, you know, I'll say it's a lot like, you know, like Deep Space Nine, Discovery, you know, you just had this this cast where, you know, you also have the the secondary characters that are coming in that just have so much to give and give yeah. so much. And it's just so, so, so delicious to watch. Truly. Um, it's really great. It's yeah, great. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so uh, we've spent a lot of time uh, given our uh, love and appreciation for Discovery, and we've hinted at a couple of things that are in this episode. But before we get any further, let's get to this week's recap. Brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Rev J, Jerry Antimano, Cosmic Crit, Kitty B, and 
David Willett. And a very special shout out to Sean Fruit. Thanks for listening, buddy. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm living proof that fate is real. The strong and the capable will always rise. He does not control this ship. I do. Discovery is no longer Lorca's. She is ours. I'm responsible for forging my own path. We all are. Welcome home, Michael. In the mirror universe, aboard the ISS Charon, Lorca frees his followers from the agonizer booths, including his loyal partner, Landry. Lorca and his men seek out Stamets and use his bioweapon to start killing the Emperor's crew. Burnham advises the Emperor to allow her to contact Discovery again, but Giorgio disagrees. Before Burnham can be taken to the brig, she escapes through a small hole in the wall. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> Discovery detects mycelia in the central orb aboard the Chiron. Stamets diagnoses it as the mycelia network's contamination. I guess. Aboard the Charon, Lorca taunts Giorgio. She leads her troops to take the fight to him. Uh, there was a firefight! Giorgio's forces come head to head with those of Lorca, after which she escapes being killed using an emergency transport system. Lorca orders Stamets to kill the emergency transport system and secure the throne room. Burnham uses Charon's comm system to contact Discovery, warning them that Lorca is from the Mirror Universe. The crew convey the need to bring down the containment field for the energy orb powering the Charon. In the throne room, Lorca kills Mirror Universe Stamets. Landry is informed of the ship-to-ship -ship transmission. Lorca tries to convince Burnham to join him against the Emperor. Landry attempts to capture her while Lorca runs interference, only to find Burnham rerouted the comms feed masking her location. Sneaky, sneaky, sir. Burnham finds Giorgio and explains the parallels between her betrayal of her Giorgio and the mirror Burnham's actions. They discuss the plan to defeat Lorca. Meanwhile, aboard Discovery, the crew realize destroying the energy orb will only result in Discovery's destruction. Saru rallies the officers, stating he does not sense death in their future, and they'll win this no-win scenario. Meanwhile. Landry reports to Lorca that the Emperor's crew has either been killed or joined their movement. Lorca's guards bring Burnham and Giorgio to Lorca. Burnham agrees to offer Giorgio and herself in exchange for letting Discovery return home. Meanwhile, Tilly and Stamets assess that if they ride the mycelial explosion with the warp drive, they'll escape destruction. Discovery receives a message from the Sharon and drops out of warp. Then, a hail from Lorca. Meanwhile, Burnham sends a signal, and Discovery attacks, kicking off a hand-to-hand -hand battle between Lorca and Giorgio and Burnham and Landry. Giorgio eventually defeats Lorca by stabbing him with her sword before kicking him out into space to be vaporized in the ship's mycelial sun. <laughs> Giorgio prepares to buy Burnham time by fighting off Lorca's remaining followers. Burnham grabs Giorgio, pulling her into the transporter beam, bringing her onto Discovery. Meanwhile, Discovery attacks the Sharon's energy orb, setting off the mycelial shockwave which Discovery rides back to the Prime Universe. 
Stamets struggles to navigate the recovering mycelial network until he remembers Hugh's advice. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> Discovery seeks to confirm the location they've returned to with no response from Starfleet. Stamets finds they've returned nine months ahead of the point they left, to which Saru immediately asks Reese to update their map of the war effort. The new map reveals a major expansion of Klingon territory, with Starfleet having all but lost. Well, this sucks. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited to tell you about this. Hey folks, it's your old pal, Mr. Todd A. Davis here from the Computer Resume Podcast. Get ready to boldly go where, well, thousands have gone before. It's TrekFest 38, yay! June 23rd and 24th in Riverside, Iowa. Hey! Is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Come enjoy all kinds of free activities for you and your whole family. This year's event will feature Chase Masterson from Deep Space Nine, some of the best bands in the area on the Riverside Casino and Golf Resort sponsored main stage, food, drinks, and yours truly will be doing some hosting and emceeing. I'll be upset if you don't come get a selfie with me. For more info about this year's Trek Fest, visit them on Facebook at Riverside Trek Fest or on the web at trekfest.org. That's T-R-E-K-F-E-S-T dot org. Riverside isn't just where the best begins, it's where Trek begins. Now, back to the show. So, yeah, we are seeing, like, this is the culmination of basically all of season one. Like, I mean, I know we're not exactly at the end of season one here. We've got a few more things that need to be wrapped up before we call it, uh, before we call it a day on season one, but this is kind of the big stuff. Like we are here and this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, the emperor's people versus Lorca's people. And in the midst, we've got the crew of discovery who just want to get home. I yeah. want to go back to something that you mentioned before about us being able to um, sort of side with Lorca for, for, you know, because of, because of lack of options, really. <laughs> he, he's kind of, we're on his side because we've seen, okay, well, she's the emperor, you know, and I guess we're just inclined to, you know, for even as kids to fight against the, people who are in charge of us. So I guess there's that driving us to root for him. But at the same time, big picture, like we're just replacing one evil with another. With another. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like things aren't really going to get that much. I mean, because we already saw Lorca brutally kill the other dude who was there, like, say my sister's name. And this is, you know, da, 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 until he finally, you know, gets the drop on him. And it's just like, yeah, I remember her. And somebody else came along. So you're dead now. Bye. Um, yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. Like, things aren't going to get better with him in power. <laughs> no. No, but they're you, not. Yeah, but you mentioned, um, you know, the some of the stuff kind of behind the scenes and working in stuff from uh, current uh, modern day politics. Um, and, you know, there was such a, there was, I, I was even having this discussion with somebody the other day of like, there's such a big push there towards the end of 
you know, towards the end of uh, Trump's presidency to kind of like, okay, for let's go ahead and put everything aside because we kind of have to make this stop regardless of any of who else can we get in there. Um, you know, this, this is kind of the move we need to make. And I remember, yeah. I remember before Trump took office initially, I remember, cause I'm a, you know, comedian and, you know, so I get a lot of my news from comedians, yeah. um, <laughs> which is not always a great thing, but they do offer a unique perspective. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. uh, I remember one of the people that I was following very closely at the time was Seth Myers, uh, you know, mm. comedian, SNL writer comic book guy like he's my dude yeah. um but i remember him distinctly sitting behind that desk looking dead into camera and going it's not funny anymore and this was before the election and it was just oh, kind of like God, we've made a lot of jokes pills. but yeah 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 and it, it was kind of and, and you know it even came down to what i was going to you know how i how i approached my voting in that particular in that particular round, you know, for yeah. the presidency, it was just kind of like, okay, I, I voted one way because I saw that, okay, if we, if we have three options and, you know, for the most part, we have three options, yeah. one of them being yeah. Trump, the other one being Hillary and the third being the other guy. Um, yeah. And in looking at everything, um, in looking at everything, I was like, I, you know, honestly, and again, this was my opinion, at the time, and I'm certainly not pushing any sort of agenda now. I'm just kind of giving yeah. the story of where I was at that time. Of where, yeah, yeah. In looking at everything, I was kind of like, okay, I see this. Uh, you know, if I if if I was choosing for me, I would say this guy, the other guy, yeah. um, because of what I was reading at the time, and try to yeah. you know get everything in place. Anyways, yeah. And I said, but then I I had to think about how I view voting, and I always viewed voting as a lot of people are like, oh, you get to pick who's in charge. Da, 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 da. I was like, okay, there's more to it than that. You shouldn't actually approach voting with, I get to choose who I want. I, I mean, you certainly can, but it might not be the best way to approach it. The uh, a, a more, a, a wiser way to approach it would be, who do I think will do a better job for everyone else? So with that in mind, you can kind of make a, a better decision because you're choosing for someone to run the country at large. Yeah. And in that instance, I was like, okay, I actually kind of side with this guy a little bit more, but looking at the big picture, we've got somebody who we are 99.99999% sure should definitely not be there. <laughs> yep. And in terms of options, the next best person to take the reins would be Hillary. Yeah. At the time. And the because, time. And, yeah. And, and everything again, I'm not trying to push any particular agenda. I was just giving, you know, my thought process at the time. Yeah. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to set my personal choice aside and go with Hillary. Well, of course things played out the way they played out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after the election, when things started to escalate and, you know, the uh, pr proverbial poop was rolling downhill. Um, yeah. I would encounter every now and then I would encounter somebody who made it known that they did vote for Trump and not to be an instigator. 
it was more out of curiosity. And I, I, I asked a couple of times of like, just out of curiosity, why did you vote that way? And more often than not, when people were, when people were receptive to that question, more often than not, they hung their head and they shook it and they go, you know what? I thought it was a good idea at the time. And it was a lot of like, oh, I've, I've made an error. Uh, A lot of people, which was, which gave me at least a little bit of a glimmer of hope of just kind of like, okay, so we're not completely lost as a species there. Yeah. Some thought process going on of like, oh yeah, that was not a great call. I mean, hell, there's people who still vote party line across the board, regardless of who it is. You know, anyways, I, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, any it, thoughts about that stuff? It's, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it really is, you know, about, you know, was it the Spock has said the needs of, of the many. Bingo. Um, yep. And, <laughs> you know, I, on one hand I get, you know, this person says everything that you want to hear for you. Right. Um, and I think if you're not looking at the whole picture, mm. it's very easy to go that way if you're just thinking about yourself. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, I have, you know, someone who, someone who was closest to me, someone who was closest to me, uh, and I can't emphasize closest enough. Uh, voted for Donald Trump mm-hmm. and still stands by it to this day. Wow. Uh, and we're not, we're not as close as we, as we used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I had so many discussions. I, um, yeah, I had so many discussions and I think if I'm being, being very honest over those, those years between the time that Donald Trump got in office uh, up until now, I had those discussions because I was hoping that there would be a change. Um, I was hoping that maybe he would see things differently. Uh, and being very honest, that still hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from his point of view, uh, we're family and that's it at the end of the day and nothing else matters. And it's on one hand, it's like, yes, we are family. Um, but at the same time, you know, I say this for people that have that one mindset of just yeah. voting for themselves, vote like your family depends on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I know there's going to be all kinds of rebuttals and all those things, but you know, it's we're we are all involved in this. We're all involved in this. And I yeah. think that that's something that we keep, we keep forgetting. And, yeah. um, I think that in some ways uh, there are certain things that uh, I think certain words that are used now or certain words that are, that have come up when it comes to uh, when it comes to voting, when it comes to different issues that we're facing that somehow the word has managed to make people distance from the issue or yeah. feel like they can be distanced from the issue. Right. Um, because the moment that you say politics, people sometimes immediately distance themselves or find yeah. a way to, to distance themselves from it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's this weird, I don't know if duality is the right word. There's this weird duality of, um, on one hand, yes, it's politics and this is how we're able to, to create change. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, there's some people that I think, 
I think politics can sometimes become a very cold, sterile word. So they think that therefore my emotions don't have to be involved and I don't have to think as hard. Oh boy. Um, yeah. there's a, there's a better way to articulate it. That's the only way that I can think to articulate it immediately right now. Mm-hmm. But I think bottom line is that people have somehow found, found a way to distance themselves, um, from certain things because they think that it doesn't involve them. Um, and yeah, we, we, we have to, we have to continue to think about the other person. Yes. Yes. We, we really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's called being humane. <laughs> it's yeah, it's being humane. It's being considerate. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I mean, and again, you know, as I said, at the yeah. beginning of this, you know, the person that was closest to me, uh, you know, we don't have the relationship that we, we used to, I think he still doesn't understand it probably. Yeah. Um, I don't think that he ever will. And I hate to say that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time for myself, there's a, there's a moment where I have to, for my own emotional health, <laughs> um, I, I have to distance myself uh, a little bit because it, it just plain and simple. It really hurts. It hurts right. too much right. to, to keep it going. Yeah. I know exactly. Well, I, I don't know exactly, but it's, I've got people in my life too, who, um, who have said, who have said things along those political lines and, folks that I held in folks that I held in very high regard and you know certain things like that came out and it was just like I don't think you realize a I don't think you realize what you're saying um and I tend to do I tend to do the uh <laughs> there was an episode of 30 rock where uh did did you watch 30 rock <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I haven't seen every episode but yeah there's an episode, there's an issue where, uh, Jack played by, you know, Alec Baldwin is, uh, his mother is in, is in town and she meets the woman that Jack's about to marry. And she's kind of a very, uh, high society type lady anyway. Um, and she says something to Jack's mother and Jack's mother goes, I'm sorry, what? And the lady repeats herself and Jack's mother again, I'm sorry, what? And she mm-hmm. says it again mm-hmm. and she goes, I'm sorry, what? And Finally, the lady looks at Jack and she goes, is she hard of hearing? And then that Jack's mother goes, oh, no, I can hear you just fine. I just wanted to make sure you can hear you. And I mm. feel like that's such a, you know, <laughs> when mm-hmm. people want to tell me about this type of stuff, I'm like, sorry, what? I was just like, no, I can hear you just fine. I, ju- I just want to make sure you are hearing what you're saying. Right, right. And uh, yeah, it's it can be. You know, you you reach a point where you realize your parents are human. Um, That's right. Right. Yes. And it's and it's such a and it's such a jarring thing to be like, oh, they're people. Just it, they 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 don't know. <laughs> they they have thoughts and opinions, and they're not always right. Uh, you know, and and again, be it a parent or a respected uh, teacher or something like that. When when it's those people that you hold in high regard it stings a little more. And, uh, you know, uh, and and again, I I don't have the same life and the same experiences as you do, but there were issues that were coming up throughout that campaign that affected me directly. And, and, you know, when these people I respected and admired would talk about these things, I was like, I don't think you realize that that applies to me Mm. and directly Mm. in my life. I don't, I don't think you're hearing this, you know, I don't think you, I don't think you, completely understand the ramifications of everything that you're 
seemingly on board with. Yeah. And it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to have happen to you. It's a hard thing to have to reconcile. It's a hard thing to it, it's it's just difficult. It's no matter how you slice it, it's very difficult. Right. And I just want to take a second to say thank you for letting us in to your experience, you know, throughout all of that. And uh and I know and I know that these things are are difficult to talk about. So thank you for sharing. Um everything that you just did. Um, you know, getting back into discovery a little bit here, we see kind of the the brutal nature of the Terran Empire. And, yeah. you know, it's it's really kind of, I think, you know, seeing seeing discovery, and I, I've mentioned this before about Star Trek being, you know, Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future, you know, this yeah. utopian type place where we understand each other, you know, war, disease, uh, uh, diplomatic things are seemingly commonplace and we all get along. It's hell before, before the Federation, it was called the United, United Earth Starfleet. Like we were actually united. Um, but, you know, science fiction, not just Star Trek, but science fiction has always been kind of a, a, a cautionary tale, a mirror held up to our society of like, hey, this is what we could be, but look where we are right now. And I think yeah. that mirror gets a little bit closer to us when they bring in the Terran Empire. Oh, yeah. You know, where it's just kind of like, hey, this is what we could be. And this is what we could be like. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, if it, if this wasn't a cautionary tale about the path that we are on, look at where this path ends. And, you know, looking at things like Handmaid's Tale um, you know, some of these things are hitting very close to home, but, you know, at the end of the day, and hopefully, hopefully we see more of this in real life, in society where for lack of better term and, you know, hoping for a more concise description, the good guys win. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fun to see. First of all, it's fun to see Giorgio and Lorca battle it out. You know, we just yeah. got done. We just got done praising. We just got done praising Michelle Yeoh, but her going toe to toe with somebody like Jason Isaacs. I'm like, yeah, this is worth the price of admission by itself. Like, yeah, I would watch this all day. Um, but then seeing him kind of, you know, disintegrating into, you know, into the the orb and all that, and then seeing Michael Burnham who. Okay, she knows Vulcan martial arts, which is super cool, by the way. But yeah. to see her go against like regular universe Landry was kind of a badass. Yeah, yeah. Karen Empire Landry, holy crap! And now <laughs> she's going against uh, Prime Universe Burnham. Yeah, like if we're setting up a card of fight, if we're setting up a fight night, this card looks amazing. <laughs> it was it's it's delicious to watch, and you know I've. I've been saying this, you know, regards to Sonequa Martin Green. I, I, I want her to show up in a Marvel movie or superhero movie. I've been like, can we see her in a Black Panther movie? Can we just? Oh my god! Oh, yes. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Um. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, because uh, I remember, I remember, and again, maybe because I just look at things very. I approach things very surface level, like on the, on the other uh, show that I'm on cinema shock, that's kind of my role on that show is to be kind of like, Hey, here's the surface level gut reaction. Here it is. 
Yeah. Um, so when they say, hey, Sonequa Martin Green from The Walking Dead is going to be the new uh protagonist of this Star Trek show, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, she was she was good. And yeah. then to see her come oh, like the those first few episodes of Discovery, you know, you got the Vulcan Hello, Battle of the Binary Stars, like you see, like, oh they weren't using her to her full potential on walking dead. <laughs> She's you amazing. Get see, <laughs> you get to see more of what she can do. It makes me think of, um, you know, God, what was it? They, uh, Oh, one of the actors from star Trek Voyager had a story about, um, about when Kate Mulgrew came in, uh, to take over mid filming for the pilot because, um, Genevieve, yeah. I guess Genevieve had left the project. Yeah. And so, you know, Kate Mulgrew, had stepped in while they were already filming the pilot and so you know the rest of the cast i don't, I don't want to speak for the rest of the cast but i guess there was there was a nervous energy because i mean because of the circumstances that you're in right right and kate mulgrew i guess she came in she said those opening lines and everybody just it set the tone and everybody was at ease and yeah. i i think that's exactly that is exactly what sonequa did I, you know, I think that's exactly what she did that those first few episodes she she did it. It's so interesting that even though the cast is the cast, you know, you can be written out, you know, things happen, people get replaced yeah. all the time. But in talking with um Connor Trenier, Dominic Keating, to hear them talk about Scott Bakula. Oh yeah. And, and to hear the TNG cast talk about yes. Patrick Stewart. And it seems it seems like that's kind of an extra layer, almost meta to a, to a point of like, OK, if you're playing the captain, you're also playing the captain like you you are you're you're the you're the person. It's this is the show. This is the gig. You are the captain. Yes. So it's important that they set that tone. Like you said, you know, Kate Mulgrew came in, stuck the landing on those first couple lines. And I'm sure that there was a big collective sigh of relief of like, oh, I all right, all right, we're going to oh be okay. God, I mean, <laughs> just thinking about, you know, because I, I don't think any of the other, any of the other Star Trek shows had to, you know, deal with that kind of situation where right. you lose your lead while you're filming the episode yeah while um, filming so, the episode no no yeah no. so i think you're absolutely right having that collect there was probably most sure a collective sigh yeah you know and you know hearing you know hearing i, I mean we've already you know uh really championed uh Sonequa martin green michelle yo jason isaacs but you know going yeah. throughout going throughout trek like i mean it's easy to point to patrick stewart who classically trained shakespearean actor from the word go like of yeah. course he's amazing on this you know but yeah. looking at looking at every looking at every quote unquote captain yeah you really see oh this is yeah this is yeah this is a good choice this is a good you know this really serves well cuz you look at i think the story was uh nana visitor was trying to pull double duty and play Kira on Deep Space Nine and also was trying to and, get the yeah, role, trying to get the role of, of Janeway, of Janeway <laughs> on Voyager. And, you know, having, you know, having gotten to witness her work and, you know, there's a part of me that's just kind of like, oh man, I kind of wish we'd gotten to see that. But at the same time, it's like, oh no, 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 no. Like, it, it, first of all, that workload is insane. Oh yeah. 
And yeah. then, you know, again, Kate Mulgrew, what may have been a last minute decision now an iconic performance iconic iconic and you know you have and that leading you know leading by example we have we have people in office that are inspired by that work aoc you know yeah aoc who you know i think i said it before but you know she a few years ago said on twitter i think she would debate people about tubix (laughs) like I think she said that one. I could be wrong. Somebody check me if that's not true. But AOC, um, um, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. Shame on me. She, she's she's the president of United Earth. Yeah. Um, Star Trek Discovery. Oh. Um, Shame on me. Shame oh, on me. Um, um, I want to say. Uh, oh, damn it. Oh, man. Come on, I'm such, Google. I'm such, a, I'm such a terrible fan. <laughs> Did I t- did I tell you I got heckled? I got heckled in uh L- in LA for not no. knowing. <laughs> All right, while we look this up, um, so I'm you know while I'm out there in LA, um, doing uh stuff for um doing stuff for um Shuttle Pod Show, I started asking you know questions about uh you know hey favorite episodes this that and the other thing. And uh, I said, you know, in a, in a moment of vulnerability, I mentioned that I had not finished Deep Space Nine, that I liked it, but I just, I, you know, life, uh, there's only so many hours in the day. I just hadn't finished Deep Space Nine. And in a moment of still calm and quiet, this voice from the front row goes, idiot. And I was like, okay, all right, let's settle down. Uh, i was like okay you know what fair enough on the other hand i'm up here with a microphone so i'm clearly doing something right (laughs) yes uh stacy stacy abrams stacy abrams yes abrams is a star trek voyager fan yeah um i'm dangerously i'm dangerously close to contacting her office and seeing if she wants to come on for an episode I would love, oh my God, that would be delicious. I, I, would, I would love to talk, because she seems, she seems like she would be really fun to talk to. Like, like I, I mean, again, politics aside, uh, I just want to talk to the lady. She seems really cool. Yeah. <laughs> AOC, same thing. If you end up hearing this, please, let's just, talk. You know, <laughs> it's just, you never, you never quite know who you are affecting with the work that you're doing. And it's just, yeah. you know, the, the mayor of the mayor of Long Beach is a major Star Trek fan. He's a major Star Trek fan. Wow. Um, yeah. Long Beach, oh. California. For yeah. 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 California. Oh man. Yeah. This is, uh, this has been uh, so much, uh, God, you know, really discovery just broke all the molds. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and set the new bar you know it, it's, yes. it's so it's so great and they've done such a great job with it um but you know like we do every week you know we've, we've championed these people but at the same time you have to ask yourself the question as we do every week lovingly who do we blame uh so this episode was written by ted sullivan whose mm-hmm. last work on the show was season one episode six lethe Uh, which we discussed with the creator of the Star Trek chronology project, Jason Keener, back on episode 92. Uh, This episode was directed by Olatunde Osansami, 
Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. I've done it a couple times. It's always been fingers crossed. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, his last work on the show was uh, season one, episode four, The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry, which we discussed with the author of Star Trek, a comics history, Alan J. Porter, back on episode 90. And in terms of guest stars, uh, we've got some familiar faces here. Of course, Michelle Yeoh returning as Giorgio and Rika Sharma returning as Landry. Uh, but yeah, this is this has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, so in terms of this episode, Matt Jennings, is this essential viewing? If somebody is sitting down and working their way through Star Trek and they come to this episode of Discovery, is this one that they have to watch or can they skip it? I think it's one that they have to watch just because I think it it gives because the mirror universe is so much a part of of the Star Trek universe as oh, a yeah. whole. Yeah. Um, especially if you're watching, if you're going to go in and watch things chron chronologically, it's it's an integral part of, you know, of of that of the mirror universe story as well. Yeah. Um, I think for the performances alone, it's it's great to watch. I think um, for for the for the politics and for you know the mirroring of of where we are now, I think it's important to watch. Um, all around, yes, for so many reasons, I think you gotta I think you gotta watch it. Yeah, it's you know I've never I certainly have not shied away. I, I have put this on Front Street, you know, with Discovery being the first truly serialized Star Trek, it's kind of hard to skip an episode of Discovery, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But you know what? From a lot of different angles, like if you're a Mirror Universe fan, absolutely. If you're looking yeah. at the journey of, if you're looking at the journey of Michael Burnham, which Discovery is, this is a must-see. If you're yeah. following just this story arc, this is this is the height of the, of the story so far. Yeah, you kind of have to see all this stuff. Um, and in terms of the character development, I love the character interactions back, the back and forth between Giorgio and Burnham at mirror at this point, mirror Giorgio and prime yeah. Burnham. Um, it's, it's so wonderful, you know, performances, the character development, um, you know, this production, every department of this production is batting a thousand like, Oh my God. They're oh not, yeah, it's, they're straight killing it every yes. episode. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to be like, oh, no, you really don't need to watch this. No, it's, you, you kind of, <laughs> you absolutely have to. And to be honest, if you haven't watched Discovery in a while, now that we know that season five is going to be the end of the beginning of this new era, what a great time to go back and revisit, you know, the, yeah. the whole, the whole journey. Uh, you know, from from the Vulcan hello through the end of season four, you know, getting ready for the finale season. Yeah. Um, and gosh, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm hoping that maybe Discovery is to TOS what Strange New Worlds is to the next generation. And if they're planning on doing some movies, some Discovery movies and eventually having strange new worlds follow suit with TNG. I, I'm, you know, it, it, it's, I'm sad to see it go, but I'm super pumped for the future. Cause like it could be, this could be the beginning of, of really another, of another great chapter of star Trek. 
And I want to ride that wave with you. I'm I'm genuinely hoping that is where we're that's where we're heading. I mean, it's you know, it's it is Star Trek, right? Never say never. It's yeah. I mean, we we are right now getting our TNG send off 20 years down the road. Yeah. We're getting our TNG send off and it's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've only seen episodes one and two. I'm behind oh. a couple weeks. But from what I've, I've I've made every effort to avoid spoilers. But uh, I had a couple of things schedule wise because uh, I'm watching it with my wife and she's had some stuff come up in her schedule. Yeah. So we haven't had a chance to catch up. We've only seen episodes one and two, but man, it's so great so it's, far. I'm really enjoying good. it. <laughs> you know, and, you know, shout out to everybody, everybody that worked on that production, like yeah. every, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh. Well, Matt Jennings, thank you so much for joining me for this. So uh, this this has been one of the most fun discussions I've had in a long time about Star Trek. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. Before we end up closing it out, do you have any parting thoughts about the episode, Discovery, uh, the franchise as a whole, your experience on this podcast? Any parting thoughts before we go? I mean, for one, thank you again for having me on. I always have just the most fun talking with you about Trek and life in general. I think we just, we have some good talks. Um, you know, again, all of my love for for Discovery, yeah. the cast, the crew, everyone involved. I know this is quote unquote the end, but I'm speaking positively and speaking that word out there that this is not the end for you guys and that we're going to see more and even better for you uh, to come in the world of discovery and even outside of the world of discovery now the production that you guys work on i'm putting that energy out there for you guys um i think you know star trek i think star trek is just i think it's coming into its own again um i genuinely think it's coming into its own again i think that you know as the the work of of storytellers um in general I think that's why telling these stories in Star Trek are so important just as storytellers uh, because we, we need, we need it. We need it now. We always need it. But um, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's all that I can think to, to say. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, I'm not sure what I should say about next week's guest. I mean, I feel like anything I say might give it away. All I can say is next week, we will be joined by a super secret guest to discuss Discovery Season 1, Episode 14, The War Without, The War Within, and Short Treks Season 1, Episode 1, The Runaway, which are available exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Matt Jennings, you're doing some kind of online movie about your life and Star Trek. <laughs> So it is called 1701, A Blurred Story. Blurred stands for Black Nerd, hence you marry those two words together. Blurred, it is a autobiographical story. It is about my life uh, and how I use Star Trek to cope with life and um, how I see certain things that happen in my life through a Star Trek lens. Um, if, you, if you haven't seen the first or the second episode, they are on YouTube. You can go to the link on my Instagram at 1701BLERD, and you can see the episodes, episodes one and two there. 
Uh, one builds off of the other. Just a warning, there are some things that happen in episode two that um, are controversial isn't the right word. It's, I mean, it is controversial, but at the same time, some of these things are based off of, of things that have actually happened to me. Um, life. So it's yeah. life. It's life yeah. and it's honest. And mm -hmm. if it makes you uncomfortable, good. I was uncomfortable when it happened. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, so, you know, there, there are things that I try to tackle in this, in this show and I'm about to film episode three, uh, at the end of this month, at the end of March and, uh, in the first weekend of April, uh, episode three goes even deeper to, uh, to some of the subject matter that we, uh, we see brought up in episode two. Um, it's been very therapeutic for me to, to tell the story of, of 1701 and to, you know, not only um, tell these stories, but also bring in my friends that are talented actors, um, talented cinematographers, talented writers as well, that I will bounce my script off of them and they'll say, hey, look at this, check this out. You know, my friend, uh, my friend Emerson, who plays the Spock uh, you know, counterpart yes. in, in the show. He is such, he's such a, a brilliant mind and he gives me some great advice when it comes to, to writing these stories. Uh, you know, my friend uh, Ted, who originated the character of, of Bones in the first episode, my friend Sammy brought some great input uh, as well in developing these stories. You know, um, this third episode, my friend Brandy, uh, you know, is is brilliant and you know a lot of that character that you'll see in episode three is her and um and my best friend uh thea um you know the, that character is kind of both of them melded into one uh but it's you know it's also nice to be able to tell these personal stories and bring these people uh to life as as well i'm having fun um and i i love doing it i'm gonna do it for as long as i can i encourage people to to watch uh, if you are a person of color and if you are a nerd, know that you are not alone. If you are a person of color and you're a nerd and you're queer, know that you are not alone and um, know that you're not alone. That's, That's great. It. Well, uh, before we end up going, hit them with the hit them with the social media and the contact handles. Where can people bother you directly on the Internet? Oh, please bother me. By all means, bother me um, <laughs> again on uh, on Instagram. It's at 1701-1701. B L E R D. Um, I've also got my my personal Instagram. That's um, at M L J E N N. Uh, my email address is really long. God bless you for typing it in. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> here we go, guys. Uh, it is Matthew, or is it Matt? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> See, it's so long. I don't even remember. Okay, here we go. <laughs> email address is Matt. Lawrence Jennings at gmail.com. And I am at Mr. <laughs> Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in 10 4.
support us on Patreon and like, rate, review, and share on all your favorite platforms. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcasts at gmail.com or at computerresume on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Computer Resume podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop, and our outro music was provided with permission by Dronode. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn, and the voice of Computer Resume podcast and executive producer, me, Kat Davis. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're gonna find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?